This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's a Tacus Fiber Internet Football Friday on Sports Radio 610. Here's Payne and Pendergast. Yeah, people want, five reasons I hate you, they want the... They want one of the bullet points now to always be some sort of arcane law from the state that the opponent is playing. And we'll see what we can do. We I mean, can do that. We can accommodate you, people. Yeah, yeah, we, we can do that for sure. You know, we got to keep it, you know, they play Tennessee and Indianapolis twice every year. So we got to try to keep it original, but we'll do our best. Um, Sean isn't Notre Dame in Indiana. Shower much. That goes back to Seth and I revealing that there actually still is a law in the books in Indiana that prohibits bathing. Between October and March. No, I I, yeah. I was a scofflaw. I showered on a regular basis when I lived in Indiana. Um, text message, Vanessa Richardson will be so offended by this, LOL. Vanessa's our good friend. She's from Indiana. She knows it's all in good fun. Yeah, Vanessa loves it. She actually will. Uh, she's She sent me her approval various times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, uh, the thing about Vanessa is you got to remember, she went to Indiana public schools. So she she's not even quite certain when she's being criticized. So... <laughs> She just likes. She just enjoys that we're talking about uh, her home state. She's cool. She's, she rolls yeah, with it. She's good. Uh, so the speaking of Indianapolis and speaking of the Colts, um, the uh, the Colts. Man, I had not realized how much weird stuff they've had going on in their building this year. Yeah, they've yeah. they've had a. I, I I hesitate to say they've had a Texans level of weirdness going on in their building. Like, and I don't mean now. The Texans are great now. But I mean, like the the weirdness that had been going on when Jack Easterby was in the building, like pretty much, you know, like that, like that level of stuff going on. Um, but this is just a lot of stuff. It's a lot of well, there was a, so much swirling around uh, the team, the entire training camp period and the early weeks of the season that that you really, it, it, and especially if you would have found out that the number one over or their their first round draft pick was going to be injured now for the year. You would have thought people probably wouldn't feel so great about this team this year. Yeah. Um they're keep in mind they're they're coming off a year at the beginning of the calendar year, Jeff Saturday was their head coach. So you're coming off you're coming off a year where Jeff Saturday was a head coach and I, and the response to that might be it was a throwaway year. Who cares? It's obviously not affecting them this year. I know, but I would say this that there's no way Chris Ballard wanted Jeff Saturday to be the interim head coach last year. Zero chance. And so even once Jeff Saturday gets told you're not getting the job full-time, I would imagine that there's still a lot of angst in the building over there between ownership and the front office. And the fact that you just won four games also doesn't help the cause, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Chris Ballard, I mean, has been in this position where he's been there forever and he's put together good rosters, but without the right quarterback – What's it all matter? Yep. And I think that's a, and especially where there are all these stories leading into this year about Jim Irsay taking 
more and more of a of a meddling approach and getting involved more and putting more pressure. He doesn't just seem like the lovable old doofus anymore. Like he's now the lovable old doofus is being a conniving doofus. Yep. Doofus. Yeah, that those are the stories that emerge. Yeah, like it, it didn't feel didn't seem like it probably felt great inside. Kind of kind of poisoned in there for sure. And then you get to the season. They hire Shane Steichen. They draft Anthony Richardson. And now they're you know they're off to the races. Let's see how it goes. Well, you get to the summer, you get to training camp, and Jonathan Taylor wants a new contract. And yeah. he's getting ready to hold out. And Jim Irsay is publicly feuding with, with Taylor's agent on social media about the value of running backs. And when training camp starts, Irsay pulls Taylor into his, his weird party bus that he has parked next to the facility there and tries to hash things out. And they're in there for an hour. And Jonathan Taylor comes out of that party bus, and he is nowhere close to wanting to do any sort of long-term deal with right. the Indianapolis Colts. It was bad. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, if anything, it looked like, imagine this, uh, uh, having a sit-down with the owner uh, made him feel less optimistic or good about the organization. It really, at that point, I think a lot of people just assumed, like, at, th- at that point, that, well, Jonathan Taylor's going to get traded, and they've got Zach Moss. You know, and remember, Zach Moss went off against the Texans just week absolutely 18. went off as the against the week two in week two also but I just remember yeah. week 18 last year he he went for like a buck something too yeah yeah yep um yeah and Zach Moss you're right and Zach Moss in week two was good so eventually they got the deal like that was when they were still potentially going to trade Jonathan Taylor that's right that's right yeah um so uh so you had the Taylor situation um Shaquille Leonard who was like the Jonathan Taylor of the defense their best player defensively not currently or this year but for the previous three years he was their defensive leader like he was he was what D'Amico Ryans was to the Texans back in the day that's not a that's not an exaggeration uh, uh, Leonard was a three-time all-pro eventually they release him this year and this yeah. is part way into a hundred million dollar contract that he signed two years ago just two years ago now and that it made sense in some respects because he wasn't the same guy after his injuries he just was never the same guy that he was before but like they still have a they have a banner up with his foot. They have like a mural of him right now, like commemorating him. So he was like very much beloved in the organization and thought of like as kind of the heart and soul in a lot of ways. So to cut ties with him midway, it just felt like one of those things where you're you're almost like punting on the season because everything's so weird. It yeah. was just it was just one more thing that felt like oh, of course, a team that's going through all this couldn't possibly be on the brink of being in the playoffs. We're releasing Shaquille Leonard so he can go play with a contender. With an actual right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, but, and now here we are in week 18, and they're playing their way into the postseason, or trying to at least. Then they got hit with a bunch of suspensions. Um, it started before the season with Isaiah Robert, or Isaiah Rogers, who was their top returning corner, um, suspended indefinitely for gambling on his own team last year. They ended up just cutting ties with him. Um, Grover Stewart, who's one of their best players defensively, nose tackle, suspended six games in October for PED policy violation um and then in mid-december they suspended two more players uh wide receiver isaiah mckenzie and cornerback tony brown for conduct detrimental to the team so yeah that i mean so you've got you've got contractual drama you've got are we rebuilding are we not rebuilding you've got injury to the starting quarterback and you've got multiple suspensions they check a lot of boxes when it comes to adversity during the season like this is a I think the Texans are the better football team, but I'm impressed that the Colts are where they are right now considering all this stuff that we just listed here. Well, yeah, and I think that what part of it is that, look, Gardner Minshew's been managed really, really well. I think they do things that, like, they scheme, they scheme Michael Pittman open 
uh, uh, for for Gardner Minshew to get rid of the ball very quickly. I think the the one stabilizing thing for the Colts right now that that is also the big you know coaching point for the Texans is that the offensive line is back to being really good. So if you're dealing with you know if you're working with Gardner Minshew. Give him quick options in the passing game behind a really good offensive line, and he's able to connect with Pittman very effectively. The run game doesn't look spectacular on paper, but that's partly because teams know that they just need to attack the run game, so they focus on that. And what's that do? That sets up play action. So you saw it last week. They throw these quick hitters to Michael Pittman. They run the ball. Jonathan Taylor looks a lot more like himself. It's been a slow build all year long for him to get to these last few weeks being where he is. And then they take shots downfield. When the Raiders were in cover zero with no safety help over the top, they hit Alec Pierce downfield deep. And and that's that's the one part of this game that I'm concerned about just because that's where the Texans have had so many issues is that they'll play good football, play good defense, hey, here we go, and then all of a sudden, blown coverage, and they get victimized on the play action. So that remains the challenge. And I guess the the biggest thing they have going for them, the Texans do, is that they have been very – they've developed into a very, very solid run defense. So hopefully they don't have to load up eight in the box to to limit Jonathan Taylor. They just – they can't allow these explosive pass plays. How what how scary is the pairing of Pierce and Pittman as their wide receivers from that standpoint? I think that's the biggest part of it is that like Pittman Pittman's very good on first read throws. When Gardner Minshew just goes back, plants his back foot and gets rid of it, Pittman gets a lot of targets just like that. These quick hitters over the middle or out on the sideline. And the Texans aren't so hot at defending first read throws. They're really good at rallying to the ball after those are caught. And so they don't they don't allow a whole lot of run after the catch, and I think that's that's what I would expect. Like it, a successful day for the Texans really might look like, oh, Michael Pittman had twelve catches, but it was for eighty yards. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like something like that. Where okay, that means that they're going to stall out on drives somewhere. You're keeping it from being explosive. Yep. I just it can't turn into Michael Pittman had twelve catches for respectable yardage, and also also by the way. Because they were trying to jump these Michael Pittman routes or tight end routes that Alec Pierce burned them for. Right, right. Or that Michael Pittman, when you look at his box score, yeah, he had 10 catches for, uh, you know, he had 10 catches for 98 yards, long of 54. You yeah, know, like, yeah, you, you where know, one like, of them got loose. You, yeah, 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 yeah. So you got you to prevent that, absolutely. Um, and then add in all the, like, around all this weirdness and all the weird stuff going the fact that, like, Jim Irsay is there on a daily basis, too. Let me just sprinkle that in. Like, that this whole, all these suspensions and injuries and everything, Jim Irsay is the owner of, of that team. He's the, he's the man behind the curtain. Do you, um, do you think if the Colts could do a do-over and take somebody else with the fourth overall pick, do you think they'd do it? Do you, or do you think that, like, Anthony Richardson, that they're still legitimately excited about I Anthony wonder- Richardson? You know the thing about this is where it's tricky with a year like a year like this for the Colts. I think something happens that maybe they wouldn't have realized before, which is oh, well, you know what? We've got a we've actually we do have a pretty solid football team. The offensive line improving is really one of the biggest things there that they just I think they'd for years have grown accustomed to having a solid offensive line, and then without a good offensive line, everything falls apart. They give, they've seen this year that they actually have a good offensive line. They've got enough playmakers to be potentially in the playoffs, and they did that all with Gardner Minshew. That, yeah, maybe 
maybe they shouldn't have taken a guy who's likely going to be a developmental quarterback. Like, wow, we're closer to being really competitive right now. Yeah, there might be some buyer's remorse with Anthony Richardson because A, he's a project, and B, they've seen now up close and personal, wow, he gets injured a lot. Yeah. He gets injured all the time. Yep. It wasn't just the, the injury that sent him out for the year. He didn't finish three of the four games he played in this year. He was always bang, banged up at Florida, and he's a project. I, yeah, I, I think they would much rather have either – like they could have uh, – they could have Kirk Cousins, you know. Right. Like, what would right. this team do with Kirk Cousins right now? Well, and I'm even know. just I'm even just looking at this season, Seth. And let's pretend that Gardner Minshew started all 17 games for them. Oh like, yeah, yeah. And, and and like what? If, who could they have picked? I'm like, the very next pick was Devin Witherspoon, who is he's he's played at a Pro Bowl level his rookie year for Seattle. I'm not saying that's who Indianapolis would have taken, um, you know. But and and I you know I don't know if they would have taken Jalen Carter. Uh, they've already got two. High level yeah, defensive got tackles. Two really good defensive tackles. They might have thought like, well, yeah, we could trade one of the one of the guys. Yeah, for, uh, yeah. I trade don't, Buckner I, or something. But well, I'm looking at this rookie class too. Like it's, uh, it's boy. See, thank God for C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, man, because there is there's some serious drop off going on after those two in the first round. Wow. They um, as far as well, yeah, that's one of my other pet peeves when people say, well, yeah, but like look who they could have drafted after this. Or they'll do it with Will Anderson, and they cherry pick like the, the absolute best, best players yeah. from like. Yeah, that's all they I'm... would have had to do was cherry pick the guy that. No, totally, mm, dude. Yeah, fifteen other players, teams would pass on, but they ended up being. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's why. That's why I acknowledge. Like, yeah, Devin Witherspoon was the next guy. I think even when Devin Witherspoon went to Seattle, at five people were surprised. Like they overdrafted him. It turns out he's he's a he's a pretty good football player. Um, Dan Orlovsky, we talked about the um, the Colts going against the Texans defense. The Colts' defense blitzes very little. They play a lot of zone. They've got a really good front four. They, they still get after the quarterback really well without having to blitz. Here is Dan Orlovsky of ESPN on the two things C.J. Stroud needs to do against Indianapolis' defense. And talking about like the zone coverage, CJ's going to have these short completions. Why do defenses play zone? They're going to give you completions because, one, they think at some point you're going to hold it too long and a sack is going to happen. Or, two, you'll have an offensive penalty that's going to set you back. Right. Or, three, you'll force the ball. You'll lack patience. So two things are going to be needed. Number one, they're going to have to hit some of those play actions that I just showed. Two, they don't care about yardage, zone defenses. They think at some point you're going to get into the red zone. I don't care if you kick six field goals, score six times. They, they want you to be d- down in the red zone um, a lesser player. C.J. holds the ball in the red zone more than any quarterback in the NFL. Wow. He's going to have to because he's going to have to make some plays that equal touchdowns and not just take completions just to get field goals. Okay, so anytime I hear he holds the ball, blah, 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 there's always a negative connotation to it. That was a positive connotation there, it sounded like. Like, C.J. Stroud's not – he as a quarterback, he's not, he's not just going to immediately take the dump off down in the red zone and settle for three points. He's more inclined to continue to attack down in the red yeah. zone. Am I hearing yeah, that right? The, um, wait, what was the last part? From Orlovsky. Like, am no, I – Orlovsky was making CJ holding onto the ball in the red zone. It sounds like that's a positive thing to Orlovsky that he's. Oh no no no! I think I think he means that like, he's going to have to. Um... Want to play it one more time? No 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 no! Because okay. it's too long. As far as like holding the ball in the red zone for as long as he does, um... he says he's going to have to. Is what he said after that. 
Yeah. Oh, I thought he meant like he had to make throws and make oh, okay. the plays, as opposed to like holding onto the ball and I perhaps play Morlowski sentence structure to, for the confusion. having to throw it away or or what have you. Yeah, um, like because nobody's open in the end zone. Okay. I think this is the this is the issue I have with Orlovsky. I think Orlovsky, all those must haves and must dos are yeah. If you want the Texans to win a Super Bowl or to beat the Bills or something like that, this is. This is the Indianapolis Colts, who are a much better team than expected. But just like the Texans, they're nine and seven for a reason. Like, yes, they could have won eleven, they could have won seven, whatever. But both these teams, to me, feel very much like nine and seven teams. This is the Colts team that just got destroyed by the Falcons on Christmas Eve. This is the Texans team that just gave Zach Wilson his best game ever, best game ever, just a month ago. So. It, you don't have to be perfect. The Texans, the Texans are not an awful red zone offense. They are smack dab in the middle. Yep. They're 17th in, in scoring. So right there at the, at the median, at the 50th percentile. With two Case um, Keenum games in there, by the way. That's true. Yes, yes. Good point. Good point. So maybe a little bit above average. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's not like they're awful. It's just that they do all those things that Dan Orlovsky was just talking about. They drive, they move the ball really well through the air. You know, in the middle of the field, you get down to the red zone and it gets a little bit tougher. The biggest key for me, honestly, has less to do with CJ and more about the rushing attack. This, this run game has improved a lot over the second half of the season where it really needs to evolve and mature into a genuine rushing attack is can you run the ball down on the goal line and they just they really don't have the road graders or the the polish in the run game right now to do that and that makes it a lot easier to defend the pass so I think it's more about it's more about a getting down to the red zone but then b having some semblance of a rushing attack that can that can create those play action opportunities down in the red zone that's where Damian not being able to kind of really grasp the offense this season hurts because you I would think he down inside the five yard line he would be that guy you know, he, with his running style. You yeah. Know, it's a very physical running where, style. Yeah, we saw the last couple weeks. I mean, uh, Slowick has tried to tailor the run game to what Damien is good at. And, you know, when you can use pullers and use more clear-cut man blocking, that's the style of football that Damien is good at. And I think they might, they might use that selectively. And, yeah, maybe we do see some of that pay dividends in the, uh, in the, in the red zone now. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Football Friday, Texans Colts, 7-15 tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. Um, Texans, there's two Texans in particular with a ton to gain with big games on Saturday. And I'm not talking about just notoriety or a win. I'm talking about bread. We'll tell you who next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's a Tackus Fiber Internet Football Friday on Sports Radio 610. Here's Payne and Pendergast. All right, there are, uh, there's a couple of Houston Texans that have a chance to make a ton of money tomorrow because they've got incentives in their contract for snaps taken and... Offensive productivity. And this is important information because some of you may be able to profit from this if the Texans are a team that's inclined. I don't think, like, I if the te- I was going to say if the Texans are a team that's inclined to help guys get to certain incentives, then uh, then then you bet on it. I, I think that's more of a factor when the game doesn't mean anything. The Texans are going to do whatever it takes to win this game. And, and the two players yeah. I'm talking about are Devin Single. Fortunately, if you're somebody hoping for these two guys to make money, I think they're going to be really integral to the game plan to try to win this thing on Saturday night. Devin Singletary and Dalton Schultz have a chance to make a ton of bread tomorrow. Devin Singletary's already made 125000 in incentives for going over 1,000 yards from scrimmage. However, with 165 more rushing yards, you got 835 rushing yards right now. With 165 more rushing yards, he's going to get another buck 25 for going over a thousand rushing yards for the yeah. season so that's um for going over how much how many a thousand yards? yards he needs 165 tomorrow okay 165 so uh, to go over so for 165 yards that's um that could become a distraction but a, a good one because i think the w- only way the texans start thinking about that is if they have a healthy lead yeah. Um, because then you're going to be running the ball a lot. Then the question becomes like, okay, if like, okay, there's a healthy lead in the fourth quarter and you'd like to keep everybody healthy. Maybe it's time to put it in Dario Gumboale. Um, that's a, you got to pull a guy where maybe he's like 30 yards short of a, of a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's a good that's question. A tough decision. How many yards short of one sixty five? Does he need to be in a blowout where it still makes sense to leave him in just to go get the incentive? 30 feels like a lot in the fourth quarter of a football game. 30 yards? Yeah, it feels, feels like, like a lot. feels like a lot. It feels like a lot, and it feels like the risk of injury for any running back on any given play is just huge. I get Can some, I don't know, you, know, man. you know what? Don't sometimes these teams, don't they just go ahead and pay them sometimes when they're close? That's like a that? good point. Yes, yes. When they're that close, they just go ahead and do it. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. Okay, let's spend Cal's money. Yeah, yes. Yes. That's exactly Cal what they should do. Cal would do that. I, I, if, I feel like we can speak for him. Cal would you know do what, that. Though? It's got to be one of those things where where if they make the decision for the good of the team, then that's when you do it. It can't be like Devin Singletary and goes out and runs <laughs> – for 10 times for 20 yards, no. then you don't give it to him. No, right? no, no, it's, no. Yes. It's like, okay, 
you had 120 yards after two quarters, but it was a blowout. We pulled you out, but yeah, we're still going to give you that bonus. Yep. Okay, good um, call. Apparently, there's websites you can get Devin Singletary 150 plus rushing yards at 17 to one. 17 to one for over 150 yards. I might throw a little flyer on that bet 365. If I lived in a state where I could do that kind of thing, he said, "What's the most yardage he's had all season long?" It was, I think, he had a buck fifty against uh, Cincinnati earlier Ooh, this oh, year. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he had okay. a buck fifty against Cincinnati. He went for a hundred again the next week, hundred and something against the Cardinals, and then his other hundred yard game was the uh, the Titans game was, uh, against the the Case Keenum game. He he ran yeah. for over a hundred yards, um, one hundred twenty one yards that day. Yep. Um, also, Devin Singletary, if he plays 50% of the offensive snaps this season, he gets 125000 If he plays 55%, he gets another 125000 He's at 52% currently right now. You know, the crazy thing about Singletary and the improvement in the running game is that in a lot of ways we think of, okay, that Panthers game was a turning point. Yeah, C.J. Stroud kind of talked openly about how they, you know, he and Slowick were going to have to figure some things out. It could have been – it's one of those quotes where if you read the transcripts, it could have looked scandalous almost. But, like, C.J. said it in such a way where he genuinely meant it as, like, a group effort between them. Like, oh, okay, we can't – this can't – we can't be – we can't be having performances like this. Mm-hmm. So they came out in that Bucks game and like really started pouring it on offensively and yet in that game Devin Singletary was 13 carries for 26 yards yeah you wouldn't have expected at that point that like oh yeah this will be where Singletary really starts taking off but it was in that Bengals game that was when he started averaging like not every single game he was 4.5 yards per carry or more except for the Jaguars game but then you know he was 5 yards carry 4 5.1 yards per carry versus the Cardinals and five yards per carry against the Jets, 4.7 versus the Titans. It's been it's been a much different version of Devin Singletary in the rushing offense since that game. It can be an interesting offseason with Singletary. See if they bring him back. He's on a one-year like one year deal for not even two, three million bucks. I think these incentives probably get him close to, to three million. The, the other one for the Texans is Dalton Schultz, who, again, inherently is a big part of the game plan in this game. You're down Tank Dell, might be down Robert Woods. You're definitely down Noah Brown. Uh, Dalton Schultz is your second best offensive weapon through the air behind Nico Collins. Dalton Schultz, Seth, needs six receptions to get to 60 on the season. That would get him 250 grand. He needs Whoa. A, he needs 107 receiving yards to get to 700 receiving yards on the season. That would get him another 250 grand. So Dalton Schultz with a six-catch, 107-yard performance tomorrow picks up half a milli. How about that? He's had six catches or more six times this season. Okay. He's had five catches a couple times. So he's been close to it eight or nine times, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been close to that this year. 107 That's, for a tight end is tricky. I know Dalton had a 100-yard game. I think in that Tampa yeah. Bay game he had 100 it the, yards. It was Tampa, yeah. yeah. That's the only time he's come close to 100. So that that one, I would say, just... I, if I were in the Dalton household, I wouldn't be spending that money just yet. Uh, the the one for the yardage, yeah, the yeah, the other so one I'd totally a, be spending. <laughs> totally, yeah, spend all the other money. God, blow that! You don't need a college Six fund. Catches, you're, gonna be, yeah. you're gonna be rich forever. Absolutely. Spend all of it. You'll be you'll get rich again you'll next year. Don't worry about it. You're gonna be a free agent. That could <laughs> just like last yeah, year. Yeah, guys Remember? get paid. <laughs> guys get paid. The guy I tell you, the guy who's got the most to gain this week around the NFL, um, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, 
Now, he's been ruled out for Week 18, so I guess this is what he's missing out on. It, with five more catches, he would have picked up two hundred fifty grand. With two more touchdowns, he would have picked up two hundred fifty grand. And if he had a buck eighty-five receiving, he'd have picked up seven hundred and fifty grand. I would say if I'm Odell Beckham Jr., the only part of that I feel like I'm definitely losing out on by not playing this week is the five yeah. receptions. Two touchdowns and a buck eighty-five is hard to control, but five receptions you can get that just by you, you know little catches out in the flat, little missile screens and things like that. I'll tell you what, that's um, I don't know if you call it a a feel good story necessarily, but as far as just one of those, one of those signings that at the time remember seemed like a seemed kind of like a desperation move by the Ravens because it did not look like it didn't look like Lamar Jackson was gonna come to terms with the Ravens. That's like right. They did. That's right. Everything seemed very very dark, yeah. and it looked like well they missed out on DeAndre Hopkins, but they could at least sign Odell Beckham Jr. That 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 ended up working out pretty damn well. I mean, like Lamar Jackson's completely transformed himself as a player, and I I don't I don't know if Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. had uh, plans of somehow being a, a twelve hundred yard receiver or something, but he's on a very good offense. Yep, yep. That was I forgot that that signing was made when it, they were still during the dark times with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Like, it looked like they were just you know throwing just throwing darts blindfolded hoping to make something happen and maybe that was maybe that was one of the gestures at least that got Lamar Could Jackson be. to feel like yeah all right yeah and you know in Lamar Jackson's mind too I mean it was I don't know man like so much of this probably could have been avoided if they'd fired Greg Roman earlier than they did mm-hmm. they'd gone a different route at offensive coordinator because that like it looks simple and easy in hindsight but man he had just Lamar Jackson it must have felt just very uh, just uh, just suffocated almost in that offense. This is this has been really good for him. You, you know who's got a chance to make even more than Odell Beckham Jr. did uh, this weekend? DeAndre Hopkins. Seven receptions gets him two hundred fifty grand. Two touchdowns gets him two hundred fifty grand. Forty nine receiving yards, very doable. A million bucks. Whoa! If DeAndre Hopkins gets forty nine <laughs> yards receiving on Sunday against the Jags, he gets a million dollars. Wow. I dude, I, I wouldn't be able to focus. I'm sorry. Like I would, like, dude. I think that's one. That's again where is the owner? You might be like, hey, listen, listen, Vrabes. Like we got to do what we got to do and keep. Uh, well, you know what though? But they're not facing the playoffs or anything. The implications aren't there. Yeah. Okay. If I were the owner, in my mind, I'm a hard ass, and I'm like, no, he's got to go out and earn that. Make I don't care. No, if he gets, if he gets, how many yards does he need? Forty nine. If he gets forty eight yards, I'm like, sorry about it. Sorry, man. High performance business. Game of inches. yards. Game of inches. Yep. Or actually, no, he's over a thousand already. It must have been like eleven hundred or something like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so he's yeah forty nine yards for for D Hop. This is see now. I hope Will Levis starts and like midway through the fourth quarter, Hopkins has like eleven yards receiving on the day. Because oh that'll turn into wildly dude, on a... <laughs> it, 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 that'll turn into a wicked fight between those two <laughs> yelling at each other. That'll be fun. <laughs> I don't know. I think Hopkins tries to keep it pretty professional with like, I know they caught yeah, him the one time mean saying, Will. <laughs> get him the hell out of there. Yeah. Well, Levis is the Levis is the hothead. I think like it's some. I could totally see Levis like being like a, like having a Geno Smith situation where it's like somebody on the team does something that totally you wouldn't normally do to your franchise quarterback. It, it just, yeah, yeah. You you pointed out Clowney's got an incentive for Saturday's game. Yeah, Saturday's it's, game. They play the Steelers it, on Saturday. To the, according to the Sports Minute, what, it was a half sack for $750,000? That's You know what's weird about that? He has eight and a half sacks. 
So that's, I think it's funny that Clowney, the guy whose narrative is he can never get double-digit sacks, has yeah. an incentive to get to nine, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> well, or it might be graduated. Like, there might be... Oh, yeah. He might I get, like, 750000 for each one after I bet that. it is. Yeah. I, you know what? In fact, I know it is, because I remember oh, seeing so. Field Yates tweet about that, that Cl- how Clowney's yeah. contract was structured. I think that it's, it's perfect for Clowney that... I think Clowney is in a mode where he just... I don't think he likes training camp, and I think he likes the idea of going to a, a competitive team every year. He'll probably sign one-year deals for the rest of his career, uh, although the Ravens – and I think the Ravens might keep signing him to that, those, those one-year deals. Like, that was – the Ravens just do such a good s- job signing, like, the exact right guy for the job, and Clowney has done exactly what they want him to do. He's a force against the run. He gets in plenty of pressure. It doesn't always result in sacks, um, but he's – He's relatively dependable in that regard. And for that team and that defense, it was just exactly what they needed. All right, let's do final touches here on the week as we get you ready for Texans. The Texans to watch for. The Texans, we need to step up big on Saturday night against the Indianapolis Colts. 7.15 kickoff right here on Sports Radio 610. Final touches on the prep for the Colts is next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Tacus Fiber Internet Football Friday on Sports Radio 610. Live from the Twin Peaks Studios, here's Payne and Pendergast. Let's get ready. Let's get ready. Texans a one-point favorite over the Colts tomorrow night. 7-15 kick, 4-15 Texans countdown. It's me and Seth. Then me and Clint on the post-game show until the wee hours. And then I am planning and going and celebrating. I'm going to celebrate either way. I'm either going to go celebrate with the people that the Texans are in the postseason. I'm assuming there will be people out on a Saturday night that are Texan fans. Or two, I will go probably sit more quietly if they don't win 
and just toast a season that uh, was a rousing success either way. Just uh, you, uh, you're going to be like the uh, yeah the mysterious older gentleman sitting in the corner having yeah. a drink by himself, not creepy, making, yeah. making a toast into the air, and people yeah. are like, oh, it must be a dead relative or something. Right, right. Like, no, it's this year's very alive Houston Texans. It's yes. the dead relative is the 2023 season. Yeah, the, the, that season is it w- it, in that instance would be dead, but I would be toasting it. And the very alive relative, I would be toasting them too. Absolutely, Seth. The Houston Texans future for sure. I remember what it was like to sit in a bar with no with no cell phone and no smartphone. Ugh, it's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Making eye contact with strangers. Yeah, like interacting uh, with people. What a, talking what, to the bartender. What a drag, uh, yeah. Bartenders must be I gotta guess most bartenders were stoked when people started paying more attention to their phones. Maybe. Maybe I know. I, you know some I, they're all different. I the, the place I usually hang out at I like the bartenders there, so I don't mind yeah. chatting with them. And they're big sports fans too, so that's always fun. I get to workshop my takes on them to see uh, how they sound, um, and they're usually very receptive. Then I bring them here, and Seth's like, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard." I'm a- like, "Come on, Kobe the bartender, come on, step yeah. your game up." That's one of the dumbest things. I've John ever heard. too, he does it on the podcast. Dude, I learned it yeah. from. I yeah. learned it from John from the best. Yeah, I learned how to just pee all over people's shoes. All right, yep. Texans. Uh, Texans to watch for this weekend. Who, if we, if we're making a short list of Texans that got to bring their A game this weekend, I've got my own little short list here that I carry around in my pocket all the time. Um, okay. But who are you? Like, if 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 we were doing this draft style, like, who's your, you know, who's your Texan? Like, the, the imperative. Okay, this guy brings his given, A game. Like, without the given quarterback, obviously. Yes. The the biggest one is Devin Singletary, and this is a reflection of a whole bunch of other people. Obviously, the offensive line, the the fullback, everything else. But where we see it will be in the output and production of one Devin Singletary. The Colts' defense is not a; it's, they're not an awesome defense, but they're particularly bad at limiting the run, and they're very good at rushing the passer. So it's it's really important to keep this game as close as possible. You don't want to get into a point where you have to play from behind and you have to pass your way out of it. I look, I think CJ's plenty fine. I'm not panicking necessarily if that's what happens, but they it's it's a much better and more viable that you run against this team that has a hard time stopping the run and they play more conservative coverages, which means CJ might have to be dinking and dunking a lot. You don't want to have to try to force the issue downfield. So Devin Singletary running for, I would say if Devin Singletary runs for over a hundred yards, you've ensured a win. I think so. And I'm too. not saying yep. in that old, I'm not saying in that old way where sure, when you have a lead, you run the ball a lot and I gets a hundred yards. I'm saying if he gets a hundred yards, like in the first three quarters while the game is tight, then that's, that's a key to victory. Yeah, dude, I hate that. When people trying to sound smart go, when they carry the ball 35 plus times, they're yeah. 14 and one this year. Like, yeah. It's a natural progression from leading a game is that you win. Like, if you ran yeah. it 35 times into the line, into a brick wall, that doesn't yeah. mean you just bettered your chances at winning a football. I hate that. Yeah, you know what I should say? If they Okay, that's what I should say. Instead of total yardage, if he averages over four and a half yards a carry, uh, then I would say they win. As, as opposed to the first time when they ran the ball 26 times for 52 yards in week two. Yeah. I actually like your 100-yard one because that okay. means that they haven't gotten off of their game plan. They averaged four and a half yards against the Browns, but they were off their game plan uh, by the yeah. middle of the second quarter because the Browns are are, are taking deep shots all day long. So yeah. I like your 100-yard one on Devin Singletary. I would add offensively the interior offensive line. They've they've got to play – They've got to play their best game, and here's why I say they got to play their best game. 
Because their best game doesn't have all that high of a bar to clear, the interior of the offensive line. You know what I mean? I'm not asking yeah. them to be Will Shields, Dermani Dawson, and whoever else. You know what I mean? Just bring your best, have your best game because this is probably the best interior defensive line that they will have played in a while, I think, right? I mean, Grover yeah, Stewart Gro- and DeForest Buckner are pretty damn good. Grover Stewart's really good. He doesn't play on the passing downs all that often, so he's just a stud who gets tackles for a loss um, and is really, really good in the run game. And again, the Colts' run game isn't that good. The thing you got to watch out for is that that defensive line plays on the other side of the line of scrimmage. So then classic bend but don't break fashion. They might give up some yardage, but then they, they kill a drive with a huge tackle for a loss. So it's not always as simple as just, you know, you're going to run all over them. You got to avoid those tackles for a loss too. And whether it's DeForest Buckner or Grover Stewart, yeah, destroying a guard or a center for a tackle for a loss. That's what you got to limit. Yep. Um, defensively, it's Will Anderson for me, and I'm anxious to see what kind of snap count he gets. I'm, I'm wonder partially if last week kind of just playing him on passing downs and then not playing him at all in the second half was with the idea that, all right, we, we can win this game just bringing him Will situationally. The game we really need him for, need him for, is when we play the Colts. And I think Will Anderson, but I would say Seth too, the defensive line, I think they'll stop the run because that's what they've done all year. From yeah. there, like the thing that I'm asking them to do that they've struggled with at times this year is to keep Gardner Minshew in the pocket. Don't let him, don't let him escape. You know, like you look at all these quarterbacks. Don't let him improvise. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, that's what. Like honestly, you think of some of the worst quarterbacks they play. I was thinking of Zach Wilson. Like Zach Wilson, they had dead to rights a bunch of times, but he's able to worm his way out of the pocket and do those little crosses, body throws, and things like that. I think keeping Gardner Minshew in the pocket is is a big you know, deal in this game. That's something that honestly, it's it's so often a key to victory that people bring up, except that if a team hasn't taught themselves to do it by this point in the year it's it's not a point that's even worth talking about because a a pass rush doesn't all of a sudden gain discipline so the nice thing is that the Texans have actually done a good job and improved in that as the season has gone along they've done a much better job of really being disciplined in their pass rush and compressing the pocket to the point where a lot of times guys are getting sacks when it's a committee affair because somebody else flushed it towards him and he the guy that gets the sack is in the right position so I yeah I feel 100% comfortable having that as being a key to victory there's some teams out there this week that are saying well this is a key to victory well we gotta have a disciplined pass rush you just went uh, a full NFL season three years ago when it was 16 games without having a disciplined pass rush like what the hell that's like a guy telling you he's going to be faithful all of a sudden to a woman you know that's been been cheated on 19 times I don't know (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know what game it was, and this just reminded me of something that you and I were talking about. And one of my keys to the game was they got to tackle. Like This is at a point in the yeah, season yeah. where they're tackling stunk, and you're like, good luck with that. They haven't tackled for seven games. Yeah, No bleep they need to tackle. This is they, a better key, are, though, because they've gotten better at this particular thing. Uh, you know what, though? They are now only like the fifth or sixth worst tackling team. They've been better NFL. at tackling later so in the season. So they have gotten yeah. better at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think they've, they've been better tackling. Um. I think another key for me is a fast start. Too many times this year, they've they've let the other team score touchdowns on opening drives. Now, in some of these games, they've been able to come back and win. Um, but I think that I think that atmosphere is going to be a tough one to play in. Not not impossible to play in, obviously. 
But if you can get off to the good start and kind of take the crowd out of things a little bit there, you know, get, yeah. get, punch them in the face to start the game instead of taking a punch to start the game. I'm only bringing that up because that is something the Texans have struggled with this year, and it's something they're fully capable of going out and doing is going out and scoring first, getting on top of these guys. They had been, you know, for a while there earlier in the season, they'd been kind of methodically moving down the field and looking really good at first because it was in stark contrast sometimes to Mm -hmm. what we had seen so many years with Deshaun Watson. It was noticeable. But, yeah, as tendencies start to form, you know, that's – I think that was the, the Panthers game was really the game where all of a sudden you started to see, okay, yeah, teams have a book on what the Texans like to do, what C.J. Stroud likes to do, and how are they going to respond. That's why it was so cool to see C.J. respond like he did yeah, and adjust to the adjustments, yeah. you know? It was great. And I think likewise, that's, you know, that's always the challenge. Right now, the teams have seen more of C.J. Stroud without Tank Dell because now it's really – it's just – the three quarters of the Jets game and last week where they saw C.J. Stroud without Tank Dell other than the game earlier this season. So what are the adjustments to that and then how do the Texans adjust to the adjustments? Yep, the New Orleans game was the one you're thinking of where Tank was concussed coming off of the Atlanta game. Um, One other thing I'll throw into the mix here because if this plays out like literally most of the Texans games this year played out like literally most of the Texans games have come down to the last 30 seconds of the game. Nine of them have come down to the last 30 seconds of the game. Uh, Kaimi Fairbairn is important here. The, uh, the, the Colts kicker is, I believe it's Matt Gay. He's missed seven field goals this year. Kaimi's 26 of 27. So if this thing comes down to a kick at the end of the game, the Texans have the better weapon in Kaimi Fairbairn. What does uh, what does Damian Pierce call Kaimi Fairburn? I think uh, Fairburn. Fair, yeah, Fairburn. He said he doesn't like to say his first name because he can't get it right, and then yeah. he called. He, and then he called it, so he calls him Fairburn. Fairburn. <laughs> <laughs> Which is to be fair to Damian, it's a it's a tricky one. That Fairburn comes at you weird. Yeah. You know? Uh, you see it. You see it on paper, and it's it's just weird. I like they just go Emi. Emi's the easiest way to do it. Um, Ocho texting in here towards the end of the show. Sean, I'm nervous as hell about this game, despite the fact I think the Colts are the better team. I think they have a huge advantage in both, uh, in both trenches and the Texans will have to play above their heads and be opportunistic to overcome those disadvantages. That's interesting because the spread on this game does not indicate that the odds makers think the Texans are clearly the better football team. Yeah, in this I think, favorite I think a road. lot of that is, you know what though, if you think about it, all right, how much, how much a quarterback factors into the spread and if you put Gardner Minshew's identical twin at the helm of the Texans, I think the, the Colts then have the advantage. For sure. So, yeah, he's so worth as about far five as points the, probably, yeah. Yeah, as far as the overall advantages, and I think the biggest thing is, all right, people are going to like C.J. Stroud more than Gardner Minshew, but Gardner Minshew is playing behind a much better offensive line than C.J. Stroud is. The other thing about the Colts, too, where I'd be, I'd be wary – if you're looking at the overall season stats and think, wow, Colts actually haven't been running the ball all that great, and wow, Jonathan Taylor isn't the same guy. Jonathan Taylor these last few weeks has seen his volume increase, and he still doesn't have a game over 100 yards this year, but last week he ran for about 90 yards, had a touchdown, and on those runs, 
looked like vintage Jonathan Taylor. Had a yep. couple nice pass receptions, too. So, um, And with Zach Moss, now Zach Moss is banged up and has been much less of a factor, but Zach Moss is still, uh, is still out there and, and a factor in this game. He's had some good games versus the Texans. It's, it's more of a concern than you might think it is on paper. What you hope is just that, yeah, the Texans have had a really good run defense. And as long as they limit, in my mind, defensively, it is all about limiting the big pass and limiting the run after the catch from Michael Pittman. If they do that, I think they're going to be just fine. Yep, yep. They need to Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor for sure. What's up, boys? Hey, man, how are you? You uh, We're talking about the Texans and the, the gambling. I just saw a note a second ago. Texans are the second most bet team in Las Vegas this week. Really? Behind the Ravens. That's surprising because they're, yeah. they're a road favorite, and they've not functioned well as a road favorite this year. Yeah. So they're 0-3. A lot of money favorite. coming in on the Texans. Really? Yeah, okay. Second most bet. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I Man, I wonder how many of these people – well, Sharps follow everybody, but I'm just thinking, like, the Texans – of the two teams, the Texans seem to be the one that everybody's – like, the, I've been listening to a lot of national stuff this mm-hmm. week. Like the Texans, it's crazy to say this because think of what they, where they were at a year ago, but they're the darling of a lot of people. A lot of people – a lot of people kind of taking a shine yeah. to the Texans lately. Yeah, it's cool to see. Yeah, and that uh, Fairbairn note that you just uh, passed along. Oh yeah, that was my premonition on Monday. Oh really? Uh, I had a premonition. Uh, I very rarely have them. Like I, a dream? It, yeah, it's going to come down to a kick, uh, either Fairbairn making or Matt Gay missing. Okay. Yeah. But they win in your dream. They win in our dream. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Hope your dream comes true. Have all your <laughs> dreams come true, John. What's up, <laughs> Landry? You. What's up? How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Yeah, football Friday. Yeah. Nice Lopez predictions. Like it. Like the way things are getting started, man. Yeah. Let's yeah. go through our picks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I yeah, I need this I need this win because I want I don't get to do Sundays very much watching. I want relevant Sunday football for the oh, Texans there you go. too. Yes. There you go. Yeah, I need ja- I need that Jags game. And then if the Jags win. Then the Sunday night game decides who our opponent is, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So that could be fun, too. That so I'm starting to kind of sell myself on Buffalo not being that big of a deal. I like it. Oh, really? Uh, it's, it's, not, it's more so about um, the fact that Cleveland basically has a bye week right now, and Buffalo's pretty effed up. Like, their, their defense is really banged up. Allen's banged up. They're, they're going to have to go to Miami. They're going to have to battle it out. It's a late primetime game. So let's say that you move the, the Texans' bills to Saturday. The Texans are going to be banged up, no doubt about it. But while Cleveland is resting and sitting around and having a two-week break, Buffalo could be on a short week, and they've been oh. inconsistent. I don't even necessarily, like everybody talks about the weather. I don't even know that their squad's really built for cold weather. Neither are the Texans, but Look, it's pick your poison. Beggars can't be choosers. But if you but if you're looking at it as Cleveland's just sitting around icing up, and Buffalo's going to have to go out there and grind it out on Sunday primetime, I do wonder if it's as nightmare of a matchup as as maybe I originally thought. I like that. And Buffalo is Buffalo will be the cliche, the, all the pressures on them team in that oh, yeah, game. Texas sure. total house money in that game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.